Hello once again, and thank you so much for joining me with this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week I seek to bring you relevant content to help us all better discern the present times, learn what God is doing, and how we need to respond to what God is doing so we can see His kingdom well done on earth as it is in heaven. With today's podcast, you can expect these three things. Number one, gain confident understanding of current events and God's ability to produce good from suffering. Number two, learn how to be in a right standing with God to experience his healing, blessings, and benefits during these tumultuous times. And number three, confidently hear from God to know his specific will for you in your daily life and how you need to personally understand how to partner with God and fulfill your created purpose. Also, specific to today's program, I have some unique announcements and opportunities that I will be providing you at the end of the program, so be sure to listen all the way through to the end. I want you to know I have spent more time seeking the Lord about this particular podcast than all the 52 previous podcasts, because in the spiritual realm today, we are at a major, unprecedented time of shifting. Many of the prophets have declared July to be a time when we will see God intervene like never before. And because it's necessary that I record and upload my podcasts about three days before each one of them is actually posted, and also personally sensing this tremendous present time, I must seek the Lord for His message for this particular podcast. This podcast will post on July 7, and there's a ton of spiritual chatter about what we'll see God do beginning July 4th the day we celebrate our Independence Day as a nation. Independence from the tyrannical and oppressive government of Great Britain. July 4th, 2021 was America's 245th year since our Declaration of Independence. You know, God never does anything without a purpose. And Proverbs 25, 2 states, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search things out. And I'd also ask you to remember, Scripture refers to God's people as kings and priests. So if we want to discern the times and understand what God is doing and be in lockstep with him, we must search out the mysteries. So why would God choose July 4th to show up particularly in the affairs of America? I think it's because God's people, his church, once again needs to declare independence from tyrannical and oppressive government. But this time, we'll understand it better than we did during the Revolutionary War. What is occurring today is highlighted in America. However, it is in fact a declaration of independence for all God's people worldwide. To be clear, all tyranny and oppression comes from the enemy of God who manifests in the affairs of mankind. The enemy influences individuals, then he establishes groups of like-minded men and women, and then he places them in positions of power and influence to carry out his evil schemes. Now, certainly, we have become more than ever aware of the evil intentions of men and women in every aspect of our culture. Frankly speaking, the church today is impotent, irrelevant, and essentially no different from the world it's supposed to influence. This is because the enemy of God, Satan, has directly influenced many of God's people, including prominent leaders in the church. However, it's not unlike the digression of God's people time and time again throughout all history. We read in the Old Testament, after openly confessing an uncompromising devotion to God, over time, God's people fell back into the evil ways of the world, and at some point, in God's wisdom, he intervened. 
We saw it in the days of Noah, in the days of the construction of the Tower of Babel. We saw it right after God's deliverance of his people in Exodus, and a whole lot more throughout all of the world's history. The people rebel, which brings sin and corruption into their lives, then realizing their plight, a remnant cries out for help from God, and God ultimately brings them the intervention and restoration they seek. Giving some thought to identify more recent times where we might see God has responded this way, I thought of the resolution to World War II when God directed his selected leaders how to put an end to the evil of Nazi Germany's efforts of eugenics, power, and dominance. Today, we're in another war, and as is true with all wars, it's still a war of good versus evil. Satan, the devil, an enemy of God and his minions, war against God and his angels. As human beings, we're caught up in this war. Humans, created by God to have special relationship with God, are the primary target of the enemy. The enemy works to cause God's people to fall away from God and to suffer trauma and devastation. However, as we see in the patterns of history, once a remnant of God's people repent on behalf of all God's people, God steps in with his mission of rescue and restoration. Looking at American events to see patterns and help us with current events, I thought of the tremendous social and civil unrest of the 1960s. Did you know that President John F. Kennedy revealed in a public address that he had become aware of evil secret societies that he vowed to expose before he was assassinated? His speech is available in the JFK Library online, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. But is it possible that current American events to expose corruption were actually initiated with President John F. Kennedy? He wanted to expose all the secret evil and the underbellies of government and institutions. So isn't it possible that we are actually experiencing today what is the culmination of efforts he began in the 1960s? Let's consider some of the themes of Kennedy's times. History.com states, quote, The 1960s were one of the most tumultuous and divisive decades in world history, marked by counterculture, racism, civil rights, the Vietnam War, political unrest, and an emerging generation gap. End quote. Curious, huh? Also during Kennedy's presidency was suspicion concerning government and other institutions that were supposed to be working on behalf of the American people that were instead discovered to be working against the American people, such as the CIA. Doesn't that sound like our time? When you consider present times, have these issues been laid to rest or have they been fanned into a fever pitch? Today, we know we have corruption on every mountain of society and our culture. That includes religion, government, business, family, education, media, and arts slash entertainment. And most recently, we've been made aware of corruption in the following areas. Government leaders promoting violent riots and defunding police. Corruption in the CIA, FBI, and NASA, and more. The overall election process. Public schools teaching anti-American and anti-Christian morals, ideals, and philosophies. Think Project 1619 and critical race theory. Corruption in the judicial system. Think Bill Barr. Puppet control of government leaders. Think of the influence of George Soros and potentially Lorene Jobs, widow of Steve Jobs. Social media propaganda and corruption. Promotion of fake news. Administration of the so-called vaccines. 
Big Pharma's role in keeping people medically dependent and to control population. Promotion of the woke movement and evil organizations such as BLM and Antifa. Increased effort to silence the influence of the Christian church and public promotion of the practice of the Illuminati, witchcraft, occult, Satanism, and more. So my take on what God is up to remains the same as I've been sharing all year. In his long-suffering and mercy, God is allowing people to see the truth from lies, good from evil, revealing the fact that Satan has waged war against God and his people, and God is giving people an urgent opportunity to choose which side they're on. There is no middle ground. To attempt to be in the middle is, in reality, to choose the side of evil. This should be exceedingly sobering for all of us. Simultaneously, it should be a time of great and tremendous rejoicing for those of us who are in right standing with God. So, before I get into today's message, let me simply explain how a person can be right with God. First, believe in the existence of God as the creator of all that exists and the unique supreme power over all. Next, believe in the expressed character of God, which is holiness and love. Then understand that all men are born sinners, enemies with God, and are in need of God's mercy and grace to provide us a way of restoration with God. Believe in Jesus Christ as your personal substitute, whose life, death, and resurrection has made it possible for you to receive him as your personal Savior and Lord, restoring you into a right relationship with God. Confess your unrighteousness with your mouth. Openly express aloud. Repent in your heart, which is to basically agree with God about your sinful condition and your need for God's help. Then believe in your heart for the complete transformation of your soul and spirit by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that's given to you the very moment you verbally express your desire to be right with God. Then lastly, choose to disassociate with all evil ways of the world and learn how to live your new life in Christ. When you actually make this confession of faith, you are born again. In other words, your naturally born sinful spirit condition, your spirit and your soul, are replaced with a new spirit and soul, making you an entirely new creation. At this point, at the very least, you'll experience a sense of gratitude, relief, and peace. It may be very subtle and nearly undetectable, or you might experience a genuine supernatural response that could include a desire to speak, only to find that you're using words you've never learned before. This is known as your spiritual language, or tongues. It's a language the enemy of God cannot understand, and it's a language that allows you to pray and commune with God by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is most holy and the most accurate way possible. The eyes of all nations have been on America in these great and terrible days because of the role God has for America in world events. Now, understand, just as the Jews are God's chosen people, that does not mean they are more significant than other people. It means they have been chosen for a specific role in God's plan. Likewise, America is chosen to be a pattern, a warning, and encouragement for the rest of the world's nations. Jesus gave many warnings to the ecclesia, the church, during his time on earth. Matthew 5.13 offers a sobering warning to the church. It reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. End quote. I'm sad to say that the church has indeed lost its saltiness and in fact has been trampled under people's feet. Again, this is a pattern of God's people falling away, and based on history, God's covenant faithfulness will prevail. All of this comes with much pain and suffering, but we must understand the church has brought all the pain and suffering on herself and imposed pain and suffering on the world. This is why 1 Peter 4.17 is clear. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. Gratefully, there has been a faithful remnant of God's people who have been seeking him, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14, who through their intercessory prayers have repented on behalf of the entire church, expecting the fulfillment of the promise that God will hear our prayers and heal our land. Given the unprecedented, devastating realities the whole world has suffered, especially since early 2020, many people are living in tremendous fear and trauma. The effects of trauma are controlling their lives. Is this you? Are you among those who have suffered emotionally, mentally, physically, and even spiritually because of the unprecedented events worldwide? I want you to know God has seen it all. He knows every bit of your suffering and the trauma that controls you today. And he has drawn a line in the sand, so to speak. He is moved with tremendous compassion for you. And he wants you to use whatever small bit of hope you have to hear his heart for you today. First, understand it had to be this way. The level of evil and wickedness in the earth has progressed to such a point that even the church became complicit. But the church is Christ's, and he will not allow us to be anything less than victorious. God's intervention in our world today is his rescue and restoration of his precious bride. Listen to me. God wants to heal you with the truth. God wants to restore you with the truth. God wants to set you free with the truth. God has permitted us to suffer all we have because that was the only way to wake us up from deception. When a person is deceived, they are unaware of their condition. The only way to break them free from deception is to radically challenge their beliefs, their way of life, their very foundation. Please realize what the enemy has meant for evil God is using for good. God is greatly moved with compassion for you, and he wants you to look to him again, even with the smallest measure of hope. While all hope may seem lost, it is not. God is our hope, and God is who he says he is, and God will do what he says he will do. If you've listened to this podcast before, then you know God has called me to help people discover and live in life-giving truth, to experience confident hope that truth provides. Today is the day God wants you to have your hope restored. Today is the day God wants to breathe in you renewed hope that will radically change your life and the world for the better. Because as you step into his blessings and healing, you are then able to step into your personal destiny, which is to be in partnership with God and see his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Check this out. It is so crazy. At the very moment I was just speaking those words, I received a text from a dear friend, Sue, with the headlines, July is Miracle Month. And I know it is. If you are in need of a miracle, if you agree the world is in such a state that only God can make sense of it, then with whatever strength you have left, call out to him. 
If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you have enough faith to move mountains. God is calling all of us out from darkness and despair. He's calling us to take our rightful place in His plan. He is calling and equipping us to be the ecclesia, the church Christ always intended. Now, I mentioned this in a previous podcast. When Jesus said, upon this rock I will build, he did not use the word church. He carefully chose the word ecclesia, which was not at all a religious word. Ecclesia is a Greek word meaning the gathering of those summoned. The people of Christ's day would have recognized the meaning to be a governing council that was called out to establish policies, legislate, confer or deny citizenship, and elect officials. Clearly, Jesus meant for his followers to be engaged in the governance of the affairs of men. However, the enemy of God has deceived Christians today to be entirely disengaged in politics and government, which I firmly believe is the reason the world is in the condition it is today. The church has been disengaged. And let's not forget, 1 Peter 4.17 states, Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. In other words, the ecclesia is held responsible for the conditions of the world. As some prophets have said, God's dismantling is underway in preparation of rebuilding the church so it will be all that Christ intended. The ecclesia has been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. It is God's intent that you walk in the authority and the power he has given you. The ecclesia has the authority to bind and loose on earth that which has been bound or loosed in heaven. The Ecclesia is God's design for overcoming the forces of darkness in the earth. So, what is happening in these very days is Christ himself is intervening in his church to arouse us, to awaken us, to remind us of who we are in Christ, and to equip us to take our rightful place. Christ instructed his followers to occupy until he returns. Somewhere along the way, we failed in that mandate. And Jesus is not about to allow the enemy to have a victory over his church. As many of us have stated, we have entered a significant shift, a great shift in time and in the strategic timeline for God. It seems God has used the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic to wake people up to truth, including the truth about the failures of the church for the purposes of reestablishing us as the Ecclesia. The writers of the Places in the Father's Heart website express that they believe we are in the third day or third trimester of God's plan to ultimately give birth to a new heaven and new earth. I've said before that I believe that we are at the beginning of the end times, so likening what we're experiencing to the beginning of a third trimester fits for me. They wrote, quote, The time of church operating as a one-man show is over, as the changing dynamic is now geared to body ministry. True ministry is flowing through the body, by the body, to the body. The one-fold ministry has been replaced by the five-fold ministry as unused gifts, formerly stagnating in church pews, have been tapped for service. Millions are finding their callings as they leave a system that did not allow their gifts to proliferate. The bones of our traditions must break, often painfully, to provide our way into kingdom citizenship. Spiritual ignorance often comes disguised as tradition. The walls of tradition prevent the word of God from penetrating the hearts of men. Watch out when your preconceived notions, biblical interpretations of truth, and head knowledge rule. 
Ministries are ceasing to look to the old model for provision, man looking to man. Man's manipulation and hype for provision, once so prevalent in the second day, has been replaced by man looking only unto God, his ways, and his methods to obtain. In this third day, a kingdom man who looks unto man for his provision, even in his heart, will not receive. Only when man looks unto God does that provision come. In the world there are limited resources, yet in the kingdom there is no lack, as the third day man sees no limits of provision, and like the birds of the air worries not where or how his needs will be met, a costly and difficult lesson to learn. Where the appointment is, the provision waits. Where it is not, provision cannot be found. This is not geography, job, calling, or ministry, as much as it is a condition of the heart, when trust shifts from God to self. The world system is characterized by man's complete and utter dependence upon man, while the kingdom is characterized by man's complete and utter dependence upon God. In the world, the man most often depended upon self. It is here that dependence must shift. In the second day, life was about man and his God, two entities. In the third day, life is simply about God, Christ in me, the hope of glory, one entity. Revelation, awareness, becomes impartation, ability, as the government of God is firmly established in the heart of God's own. The talk becomes walk without effort. The third day life is here, and as we learn to live with its characteristics, we will soon see its extraordinary benefits. The kingdom is a government, and as citizens of that government, we are obliged to understand how it works. Understanding its characteristics are key to seamless integration into the most exciting times the earth has ever seen. The kingdom is at hand. End quote. Because of the fresh mandate on the people of God today, more than ever, we need to develop our own confident ability to hear God. We need to be able to personally hear God's voice and know it is Him speaking to us. In recent months, we've heard all sorts of competing, conflicting, and deceiving narratives, even from some who profess to represent Jesus. But I want you to confidently hear the voice of God. So, to start, understand the Lord is always communicating with us in every way possible, through creation, through circumstances, through our natural vision and hearing, through supernatural means, through unexpected occurrences, through other people, through visions and dreams, in an unlimited number of ways, God seeks to get our attention to communicate with us. To be in communion with God is to intentionally seek Him, to get away on our own without any distractions, to be wholly engaged in His presence, and willfully seek to commune with Him. To commune with God is to focus on God, converse with Him, seeking intimate heart-to-heart -heart dialogue through prayer. Personally, I type much better than I write, so I like to use my prayer journal on my computer, and I pour my heart out to God. I always begin with praise for who He is and thanksgiving for what He's done. Then I thank Him for His faithfulness, which gives me assurance for all the good He is yet to do. I thank Him for the written word, the Bible, which provides us historical accounts of His work among humanity and also provides prophecy to help us prepare for today and what lies ahead. After I've shared my heart, then I speak and I type questions. Then I sit intently, listening for the voice of the Lord. 
I might ask a specific question or I might simply ask God, what do you want me to know today? God's voice sounds very much like my own voice in my head. And it's important to note, the voice of the enemy sounds very much like my own voice in my head. There are only three voices we can hear, our own, the Lord's, and the enemy's. So practicing communion with God is essential to make the proper distinction of the voices. Here's my test of the voices that may be of help to you. My voice is the loudest and the quickest with a message that can be positive or negative. The enemy's voice is void of any compassion and always speaks with a message of negativity, condemnation, discouragement, envy, jealousy, division, and the like. But the voice of God is a still small voice that is always loving, kind, reassuring, positive, offering hope, encouragement, and advancement. When we talk about meditating on the Word of God or resting in His presence, we're not talking about emptying our minds and waiting for a spiritual connection. That is Eastern mysticism, and I recommend we stay as far away from that or anything like that as possible. Anything includes astrology, horoscopes, psychic readings, Ouija boards, incantations, yoga. Yes, I know a lot of people promote so-called Christian yoga, but I personally stay as far away from that and anything that is not sanctioned by God as possible. Many practices are presented from the enemy as harmless, when in reality they open doors and portals of the occult for the enemy's access. If you have dabbled or outright practiced any of these or similar ungodly ways, your ability to clearly hear God's voice will be impaired. So I strongly suggest you state aloud, you confess your wrongdoing with your lips, and you ask God's forgiveness and repent, decreeing and declaring the enemy no longer has any right to any part of you, no stronghold, influence, or legal right. Derek Prince's body of work about the influence of the enemy of God and how he gains access to wrongly influence even God's people is excellent. All of his books are great, but you may want to start with Blessing or Curse You Can Choose, Freedom from Pressures You Thought You Had to Live With. I've read that book and I think it's marvelous. In Christianity, we focus our minds on God. We meditate on his written word. We inquire of God and we listen for his response. And when I'm writing in my prayer journal, I click the fonts over to italics when I want to write down what I think the Lord is saying to me. And I boldly write down exactly what I hear without any editing, without any interpretation or evaluation. I just write. And it always surprises me how much more positive, encouraging, uplifting, and so on God is when he speaks to me compared to how I speak to myself. God says wonderful things about me that I would actually never think about myself, and this is one evidence I'm hearing God's voice and not my own. It's important not to edit or interpret what you think God is saying. So I just like to write it down and leave it alone. And at some point in the future, I simply find all the passages that are written in italics, and I can read what I sensed God said to me. And when I reread the italicized words, I often experience confirmation. This kind of a deliberate interaction has actually changed my attitude about prayer and my desire to set aside time to intentionally seek the Lord. I hope it will be the same for you. God communicates with each one of us in an individual basis. He knows the best way to connect with you. So let me share one of my favorite stories that illustrates this beautifully. 
I call this story his independent love. The original story was actually found in a folk tale book with no title or author name listed, so if you want a copy of it, you can get it from my show notes. Listen to an old and beautiful story of how one woman dreamed that she saw three others kneeling in prayer. As the three knelt, the master drew near to them. As he approached the first of the three, he bent over her in tenderness and grace, with smiles full of radiant love, and spoke to her in accents of the purest, sweetest music. Leaving her, he came to the next, but only placed his hand upon her bowed head and gave her one look of loving approval. But the third woman he passed almost abruptly, without stopping for word or glance. The woman in her dream said to herself, How greatly he must love the first one. To the second he gave his approval, but none of the special demonstrations of love such as he gave to the first. The third woman must have grieved him deeply, for he gave her no word at all, and not even a passing look. I wonder what she has done, and why he made such a difference in his relating to each of them. As she tried to account for the actions of her lord, he himself stood by her and said, O woman, how wrongly hast thou interpreted me! The first kneeling woman needs all of my weight and my tenderness and care to keep her feet in my narrow way. She needs my love and help every moment of the day. Without it, she would fail and fall. The second has stronger faith and a deeper love, and I can trust her to trust me however things may go, and whatever people do. The third woman, whom I seem not to notice and even to neglect, has faith and love of the finest quality, and I'm training her by quick and drastic processes for the highest and holiest service. She knows me so intimately and trusts me so utterly that she is independent of words or looks or any outward intimation of my approval. She is not dismayed nor discouraged, by any circumstance which I arrange and permit her to pass through. She trusts me when sense and reason and every finer instinct of the natural heart would rebel, because she knows that I am working in her for eternity, and that what I do, though she knows not the explanation now, she will hereafter. I am silent in my love because I love beyond the power of words to express or human hearts to understand. And also for your sake, that you may learn to love and trust me in spirit-taught, spontaneous response to my love, without the spur of anything outward to call it forth, end quote. And then I always like to end this story with this particular statement, if you will learn the mystery of his work in your life, you will realize the depths of his love for you, which is independent from all others. Now let me close this podcast by asking you, to be actively engaged in discerning current events, to know what God is doing, and to embrace God's good even in the midst of evil. I want you to make sure you're in right standing with God. Repent from all evil associations to experience God's blessings and be healed from fear and trauma and any other hindrance. And thirdly, seek new ways to personally hear from God, to learn what you must do in partnership with him to fulfill his plans and purposes for the earth and for your personal destiny. Now, switching gears, this message marks the first in the second year of podcasting, and I want to celebrate. This is an anniversary, so I will give away copies of my book, Prepare for the Harvest, Confidence in God's End Time Promises. 
This will be made available to the first 10 people who contact me by email. Now, because I'm limited where I can physically mail books, I'll send you an ebook with the caveat that it's for your eyes only. Please don't circulate or share it. After all, selling my books is one way I raise money to fund this ministry. So, the first 10 people who will email me using Faith to Live By at PamelaChristianMinistries.com will be awarded a copy of my ebook. I'll use the date and time stamp of the emails to determine the first 10 people who contact me. This is really fun, and I hope you enjoy. You'll find the information in the show notes in case you didn't get a chance to write it down. Now, because people are very curious to know where we are in God's timeline, next week I want to start a series of messages about the end times, about the harvest times. I believe what we are actually experiencing today in these present days is boot camp for us to know how to respond in the future. And here's something new. If you can, I want you to make a point to attend Clay Clark's Reawaken America Tour in Anaheim, July 17 and 18, 2021. His first two health and freedom events were highly successful and sold out of tickets. Tickets are limited, so make a point of visiting thrivetimeshow.com Reawaken America Tour. I'll have the link in the show notes, but go to that website to get your tickets. I'll be there, and I hope to learn from great leaders that God is rising up today. Expected speakers include General Michael Flynn, Pastor Dave Scarlett, Patrick Byrne, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, Dr. Simone Gold, Scott McKay, Amanda Grace, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Lee Dundas, Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller, and a whole lot more with music by Sean Voigt. I hope to see you there. If you've liked what you've heard today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. And one of the newest ways is to get my new bumper sticker that says, Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each, and they're really beautiful red, white, and blue vinyl stickers that should hold up very well in any weather. So I hope you'll get as many as possible and give as many away as you can so we can begin to display our hope we have in God for our nation. Use the order form on my web store to let me know how many you'd like. In addition to showing your support with bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring you from my sponsors and partners, which you'll find on the faithtoliveby.com webpage. One of my sponsors is Edward Torres, who can help you with your future financial goals. He is a team member with Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Learn about him on my website. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And with so much going on every day, let's also connect on social media. You'll find my links to the various social media sites in the show notes. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my site, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can show support, and it would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it helps more people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.